G'day guys, Clint Adams here and I'm um, here with Kim Cyrus for, from, I guess, originally known to me from The Garden Gurus um, and In The Garden and soon to be Outdoors Indoors. Uh, we're recording episode 22 of The Full Landscape. Uh, hopefully this brings some value to any of you, your, I guess, landscapers out there that are budding media personalities. Uh, we drill into, I guess, how Kim got started and some tips and tricks for anyone that's looking to get into the media um, as well as business in general. So hopefully you enjoy this one and thank you for your attention. Thanks for coming in. Pleasure. Uh, obviously, um, uh, there's the Kim that people know in the current uh, media, but I guess I wanted to drill into um, your origin story. I've done a small amount of research, so I've got a little idea about how you got to where you are, but I, I think it would be good for our listeners and our watchers to understand, um, I guess, uh, after school, um, what path you took to get to where you are today. If you can give us the kind of three to five minute... Right. Spill. It wasn't a police file that you were checking out. No, no, no. Just, no, just, no that's okay. I, just, no, that, I, went, I went onto your Facebook and I was like, who's he friends with? Yeah. All right, I'm going to send a few messages out and just kind of... Well, um, I suppose we can go way, way back to uh, I'm one of five boys, yep. um, the oldest. Yep. And uh, my father was uh, a Lithuanian, um, came out to Australia after the war. And mum uh, was English and she was a teacher and they met in Radium Hill. So I can suppose I can say, look, I was conceived in Radium Hill and born in Broken Hill. Okay. So um, Radium Hill's near Broken Hill? Yeah, it is. For, it's for, on the South Australian oh, border. Yep. Um, lot, not many people know where Radium Hill well, is. Well, I've never yeah. heard of it. But so. you have now. Yeah, there you go. That's good. So, you know, we learn something every day. You're trying to expand <sighs> the knowledge brain, of Get that brain going. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, we moved uh, moving back to uh, the city, uh, to Adelaide, when I was very young and my other brothers were brought up. So when we go back to the, the original roots, uh, we were gardeners from an early age because we actually had to earn money. That was our pocket money. So the serious boys would da- take Dad's wheelbarrow um, and his shovels and spades and his rakes and we would go out. Uh, fixing up people's gardens uh, for the little old ladies. Yep. So uh, knock on the door. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, do knock on the door. Uh, take the milk money if they were. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no we'd, we'd, we'd knock on the door and we uh, we would just get get the gardening going. Yep. And so it uh, it sort of went on from there. And that uh, that became a good income on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Yep. And then uh, I I was an, I was an only high boy. Decided that uh, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So. After high school, I went to teachers' college. Yep. So I spent three years um, studying teaching and about seven years teaching uh, primary school. Okay, so you went into that and, yeah, and followed yeah, that path. Yeah, um, and I suppose spent six and a half years looking out the window more than the kids. No, I mean, look, and, and look, I had a great time teaching. Uh, yep. It was, but it was a good grounding. It was a good grounding for research yep. and to present. And I also found that Teachers College was a, was a well, it was great for that. Um, plus a social side, you know, yeah. man, you can't can't do things without a social side. Uh, and uh, but I married uh, very young, and I married uh, Judy Ross, who was the son of Dean Ross from Ross Roses. And um, Dean was uh, was a 
a great mentor in the rose industry and um, he was actually the, the father of the heritage roses he brought in a lot of the old-fashioned roses and really started that heritage rose movement yep. back in the sort of uh, late 70s and, uh, and mid 80s heritage roses being a brand no heritage roses being old-fashioned roses yep. like the originals about the originals yep. as opposed to the sort of the hybrid yep. teas that we see now yep. so we're talking you know things that were you know that uh, were developed back in the 1700s yep. and you know even way back to the 1400s yep. so there was a big movement back in the sort of yeah as i said about the mid 80s to the late 80s they were really big yep. people discovered afterwards that they only generally flowered once and the modern gardener was really looking for and the modern gardener yep. was starting to look for things that flowered a lot more so i decided that um yeah he would sort of every christmas and every time he got an opportunity to say to me you can't be a teacher all your life and i went well i don't intend to be but i'm not really sure what i want to do yep. And then uh, Jude and I, um, my wife, uh, we went overseas and in 88, and I just, uh, we went to the south of France as part of, we, we took six months off our work and when, just... What was she doing at the time? She's an occupational therapist. Okay, so yeah. she was able to take six months off, you were able to take six months uh, yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, I just took took some time off. You would um, have been at the, yeah. I don't know what the kids did for those six months, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking. Well, I could have just went, wandered out. And go, See you later. See you in six to, months Went time. to their country of choice and yeah. had, had a gap. Yeah, had, had a gap, a gap half. Um, And uh, part of uh, our trip overseas was I went to uh, an agents meeting, which was uh, the French rose breeder, the Mayon family, uh, and probably famous for the Peace Rose. And Dean was the Australian agent um, in in Australia at the time for that for that particular breeder. Brand. Uh, and this is well beyond before plant breeders' rights. Yep. Uh, so it was all, you know, people would send their roses over, you, know, you went through quarantine, you released it, you know, and you showed a, showed a few of the guys and girls around and said, do you want to grow these? Yeah, that sounds a good rose. And that would happen. And that would happen, yep. and everyone just budded each other's rose. And you pay a bit of a royalty, um, but it's a, it was called a gentleman's agreement. Yep. Um, but I went to the Mayon, uh, the Mayon agents meeting, and not only was it free food and drink, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. That was my kind of meeting. Yeah, that was a sort of yeah, meeting because <laughs> uh, I wasn't paying for it. Yeah, yep. We were paying for everything else. Um, but I saw the beginning of the landscape roses. Yep. So the Maidyland roses that you see you know, around Adelaide streetscapes, yep. a lot of those roses really, or their origins are from the south of France. Yep. And the Mayon family uh, developed this range of ground covers, the Maidylands. And I was just, it was just something just just you know i suppose tripped in my head and went gee i think i should be part of this yep. and so i came back resigned from teaching uh just like that just like that went to uh, i mean i studied maths and science and so i doubled my hours and halved my pay and that's <laughs> that's not maths no that's not maths that's <laughs> that's that's weird yeah anyway yeah. um so i started uh, working at uh, ross roses yep and at that time, there was a we had a massive weed problem um, because the, you know just climatically there was a whole lot of weeds and we were trying to get rid of it. And I thought, well, I suppose I came back from an education background. I thought, well, look, I've got to, got to do something and go and study. I've got to find out. So I found out there was a TAFE course um, that ran horticulture. Yep. So I, I rang them and I said, look, do you do anything on weeds? And yes, they did a, a subject on weeds. I applied um, and uh, I didn't realise it was part of a certificate course. And I decided that, well, this is good. So I decided to um, go and do my apprenticeship. So you did like the, a, mo- a weeds module, but then it kind of expanded. It expanded. And, you and I thought, well, now I realised it was a lot more. And so, so the apprenticeship was in horticulture? In horticulture, and yeah. And was that, back then it was still like a cert, 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 cert three, well, cert, cert four. Three. Yeah, cert yep. three. Um, and uh, then 
set four, so advanced diploma, yeah, advanced, yeah. and then and then just kept going. And then they asked me whether I wanted to do some lecturing. I guess and, if you you, yeah. you come from a teaching background, so you kind of. Um, become, being a student, what didn't come as a difficult thing no, to you? No, yeah. no, okay. And in some ways, it was easier to when they asked me, "Do you want to do some lecturing?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll do that at night." Mm. Um, well, all, all I study was at night. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that, um, and I did that for a couple of years, and it was it was good. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, I was sort of moving on uh, in my business and the direction I wanted to go. And then my father-in-law passed away, Dean, um, at 63 years of age, which is you know, young, young, yeah. super young, and. I think I was at that crossroads. So, you know, our life, life brings it brings you lots of crossroads. You know, everybody's got crossroads. And I thought at that stage, okay, do I want to stay in horticulture? Do I want to go somewhere else? Do I want to do physiotherapy, for example, or do something because else? Because it was in your... Yeah, yeah, yep. in our sort of uh, yep. circle of, um, you know, friends as well as that. But yep. I thought, no, I'll stay in horticulture. And I started uh, a, a wholesale business, which was Corporate Roses. And the uh, the male uh, breeders approached me and said, "You know, can you be our agent?" I said, so you yep, maintained that's great. a relationship with them after France. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. Did so you they, bring anything straight over from there, or you kind of it was just a oh, the look, start we, of the we, dialogue? We, we we kept going through yep. through that sort of stuff. So then they approached, you know, wanted to know whether I'd be their agent, and I said, uh, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to be your agent um, in Australia." Yep. And so um, our relationship started you know 20 odd years ago and that still exists today that still exists today and it, it got stronger and stronger and part of what we were doing we were introducing new roses but also at the beginning uh, really at the start of the charity roses so we we worked with um uh I suppose, RSPCA with yeah, their best so friend rose. So for people that don't understand what that means, mm. and I'm one of them, I, I think I think I think I know where you're going. So that's a special rose that's been bred. So it's got a colour or a style. Yeah. And what then, we tend to do is, um, you know, we when I go to France, I'll go with the shopping list and yeah. I'll go, and I'll go for about once every two or three years, and I'll yeah. say, okay, we need a red rose, you yeah. know, really good Greek red or climber or something like yeah. that. And I go out in the fields, and you are literally looking at thousands of plants that are unreleased and you go through and you start wow. choosing yeah it's 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 mind bending when you see how much i mean how they, big are we talking like acres and acres acres of, and acres yeah. you know each each year when they're doing their crossings that yep. is you know they 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 planting seeds yep. they plant about 150,000 seeds a year of new and these are new roses yep. and then over about a four or five year period they cull those yep. and then only of the 150,000 you might be left with about 3,000 that they think are top-notch still a lot isn't it that's a lot they plant them out and that's every year yeah. and so once a year they have an agents meeting with all the rose agents like you know um, from around the world like myself but because of the distance and everything else yep. we only go once twice or two or three times you know once every um two or three years yep. and you get to choose um you know things for your your country so we bring them back and these are un- unreleased and there might be some uh, pink rose, for example, and you go, well, how many pink roses are there? I mean, yeah. literally hundreds of pink roses. So um, one way or another, we contact charities or they contact us yep. and say, look, we're really looking at having a rose. Do you do naming rose? And hence, uh, you get to a relationship with the charity. And for a period of time, every time that rose is sold through a garden centre, uh, there's a percentage of that uh, money goes back to the charity and it after after about three years it then becomes more of a promoter of yep. the charity and all of that's on the label and stuff like that so we've had some we had some really good moments so uh, we you know i spent time with fiona coot the heart uh, you know she had two two heart um replacements and uh um you know famous australian like that 
Um, so Don Bradman, we never got to meet, but yep. we released the Don Bradman rose. He gave his approval for that. Yep. Uh, yeah, so we've had we've had some great uh, some some great times um, with with those new roses, and we're still looking at other organisations as well. But uh, having seen all that, you you go through, and it happens to be that that crossed over with the media opportunity. I was out. So how did that come up? Well, I mean, a lot of people say to me, "How do you get into the media?" and you, uh, I go well. There's a better question: Is do you want to get into yeah, the do media? Do you want to get in the media? Yeah, that's a great one. Go, great one, Clint. Yes. Um, the uh, sometimes it finds you, and you have to be either decide. You have to decide whether it's something you want to do mm. because it's it it, it it's hard work. Well, and you're putting I, and yourself in the public eye yeah, as well, and you've got to be careful about what you do. Mm. Um, and you've got to change your name. No, you need yeah. a clean sheet. <laughs> clean yeah. sheet. Yeah, change your name a couple of times. Yeah, yeah that's that's fine. Yeah. And you'll be you'll be okay. I say you got a guy for that now. I do. Yeah, let's go. We'll get the guys, details actually. later. Yeah. Um, well, I was at uh, one of the rose festivals in the Botanic Gardens, uh, probably in the sort of early nineties, and happened to be out the front of our corporate roses tent with you know all these new roses, and I'm just spruiking along, talking to people, and yep. you know bringing them in, explaining it, and then just got t- tapped on the shoulder by a lady who said I'm the producer for a TV show on Channel Seven called AM Adelaide, yep. and it's a wow. TV, and we even remember that. Yeah, we're looking for a gardener. Um, can you come in Do a fifteen minutes? You know, every fortnight. No wait yeah sure no problems Um, so you said yes it sounds like that's a bit of a recurring theme yeah you kind of get presented with opportunities and you actually look at them you don't just go I'm I'm a teacher yeah I'm just going to be a teacher forever yeah Yeah. Um, but I also I'm a a great believer that um, you you have to have a good background and a solid background in what you do before you start before you really start doing it and that's just me I mean I can see you know some people wing it and they they do do really well it's dangerous but it does You, you, you get unraveled so being a qualified horticulturalist um, puts you in a position where you can say I'm a horticulturalist, yep. and it's amazing how that opens opens doors. Yeah. So I did the um, AM Adelaide. So there was Jan Beasley and Cheryl Lee Harris, and then uh, Anne Wills. Fantastic. Yeah, I was going to so, say Anne Wills. Yeah, Wills Anne next. Wills. Um, uh, we had a great time, uh, and then that that finished. And I yep. thought, well, that's it. You know, sometimes you just have to learn to walk away. You ride the um, wave while it's there. Yeah. And at that point, I thought, well, I'm back to the nursery, yep. and whilst I was still. I was still doing all the all the nursery work. It just means that you add a little bit yeah. bit on, uh, and then a mate of mine who was uh, a rose grower in Perth started with another guy uh, a, a TV show called The Garden Gurus. Yep, which is and where I first saw you. Yeah, yep. and they they originally a West Australian uh, pr- uh, production company yep. and only pr- only produced The Garden Gurus in Western Australia so uh, and then they moved to South Australia and Mike Keelan did the first series yep. and but his out of the blue commitments were starting to really take off because they were travelling with that as well oh yeah yeah, yeah uh, big time yeah and so I got a phone call from uh, my mate Neville Passmore who used to be on Gardening Australia yep. so um, he rang and said look gave me an opportunity said look I'll catch up for lunch yep. can you do one story a week on the program well by the time we finished lunch and I got home he'd rang me twice and said oh by the way could you do three stories a week <laughs> now Clint I suppose now this is probably the biggest thing where you go yep no problems you and not yes, really understanding later, yeah. that that was the thing not understanding exactly what that meant what that meant yeah. and what that actually meant was you had to write scripts and everything had to be scripted 
so I go back that takes me all the way back to my uh, early teaching days where you had to do um, lesson plans yeah. and you present that to the you know in my first year for the first term you actually had to put your so lesson you just plan went on the muscle team. memory like it was easy like not easy you yeah. still had to do the work you still but had to do the you work. were familiar with yeah you were just writing a lesson plan for media yeah so you did that but uh, the day before our first filming uh, the producer Graham Peach who uh, has been in media for I don't know since it was invented the CA <laughs> he goes yeah. back a long way fantastic guy but um, tough and in some respects I didn't find that a problem but he turned up with a handy cam and he basically put it up and said to me uh, right we're going to just before before we start filming tomorrow I just want to see how you're going with that script and he put it up and I sort of got halfway through the presentation and he, I could just see him turn it off and stand there shake his head and he said come here and I said we're going to go inside and he laid it down and I said well and I remember those I remember him sitting next to me and saying to me okay how long is this script and I said well it's about and he went no, no about yeah. how long is it and I said well I think he said don't think <laughs> you about to get slapped yeah, and yeah I know I was, I was actually cowering at that yeah. stage he said when we come back tomorrow that script will be 150 seconds which is uh, you know the segment. which is the, the, that particular part for the segment um, and then there was another which was two and a half minutes and uh, he said and you will know everything line by line and you will do this and I look i I accepted that because um, well, you said yes already, hadn't you? I said yes, uh, and so I said about that. And uh, I think the thing is, uh, I think from a from a presenter's perspective, for the first couple of years, you are you've got butterflies in your stomach. I don't know, know every that, time. Does that ever mm. go away? I, I still get um, nervous. I mean, it, it becomes it, easier. It changes, and yeah. it does. And I can't tell you the time that it does change. Yeah. But when you actually have to stand in front of a camera yep. and you don't have the butterflies in your stomach, you know that. Well, it can be dangerous because you're yeah. thinking you're being overconfident. Yeah, but you're in most cases, it just means that you've had that experience, and it doesn't really, um, it, it doesn't sort of irk you. But uh, so I did the Garden Gurus for oh, crocky, um, three, four years before. So that, we started. how long ago was that? Like seven years ago? Uh, well, I did them for about nearly ten years. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, nearly ten years. And in between, they were doing some overseas story with it, with uh, Explore. So yeah. um, they had those. Now they had other presenters doing. I mean, it. I saw an Explore thing on YouTube. That would have been seven yeah. years ago. That's yeah. Where I was so that we and I did Explores for about five years. So I did Garden Gurus five years before that, and then we were doing Garden Gurus and Explore, and that took us to some amazing places. So and originally they were there. The Explore programs were garden oriented yep. and then by the time I joined it it was really experiential travel so we got to swim with beluga whales in Canada and you know, like things where you pinch you know, things where if you ring back the family and you say guess what guess I'm what doing today. and they go we don't care yeah. you know you've really hit it yeah, they, I yeah. get that yeah. I'm starting to get a taste of some travel and um, my wife's just like so am I ever going on one of these trips I'm like it's business you don't own any businesses so no you're not going on the trip but Gee, um, yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm assuming that it wasn't <laughs> always. You're a brave man. Uh, I've got a very understanding wife. She's a good one. Mm. Um, I'm going to keep this one. Okay, yeah, good. I yeah. So, I guess does it ever become a job though? Like uh, that sound like traveling the world, and does it still? All right, we've got to get up, got to get I ready, got to do this. Was when it starts to hit home when uh, you're in the Yukon, uh, way up uh, the north of Canada, 
and at about 12.30, everyone's going, hey, let's go and look at the Northern Lights. And I'm answering Mrs. Jones's email because she was two roses short in her order. Oh, so you're and still running corporate roses. I'm still running and corporate still today roses. today running corporate roses. Uh, yeah, I've scaled that way Under back. Under management? Yeah, no, I've scaled that way, it. way back. Yeah, okay. So that is the, yeah. Yep. The, um, so that time we, we had that. Um, I had the Fleurio Garden Centre rolling along yep. and doing all that. And that was pretty crazy. And was uh, your wife still working or did it get to a point where... She- no, she's still working. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So-, so it was... And we had two kids and... Um, yeah, so it's. I think that that was probably about five years ago. Was that, or oh, maybe six years ago? There was that moment I went, "What the hell is this going on?" How old were your kids then? Uh, they would have been in their late teens. Okay, so they're yeah. kind of self-managed, but yeah, you still have you're you still, still responsible. Have to do that, you're so, always yeah. responsible. Yeah. Um, I, I ask out of I guess personal interest because I've got a five and two twos. That's and that's that's. That's big. And my wife yeah. works as well, so yeah. and you know you start to start stacking more and more and more yeah. and more, and you don't want to let the. I mean, obviously, yeah. teenagers um, may want less to do with you than a two-year-old, say. Yeah, so. but you still have to spend the time. I mean, I, I still, even through all the other bits and pieces, when my son particularly was at primary school, I mean, I still coached the cricket and the football, yeah. and that was hell of a job to try and get down to you know uh, down to to the school by four o'clock yeah. you know, from the nursery at my Ponga yep. um, in the middle of winter to, to do that. But yeah, it's, and uh, you were living in the city. Well, yeah, yeah, metro. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just in you know, one of the inner suburbs. Yep. So, yeah. And yeah, you can't really have a large scale nursery in a city suburb. So, And I was discovering pretty well that um, if you can't be a full-time grower, you can't be a grower. And yep. when we first started Corporate Roses, uh, and we started from the ground up, uh, the usual thing, you go to the bank, ask for a loan, they too, they look at your laugh, they say, well, what equity have you got in your house? And we were lucky that we had... So, because you had that. proper jobs, if you want yeah, to call it proper, that, yeah. which is, it sounds so, funny saying it now, but... Yeah. So when yeah. we, um, you know, so we had to use the equity in our in our home in our home to buy the property at Maiponga yep. to start the business. And um, yeah, it was a journey. So for 20 odd years, we were working and building it up. Um, and we had sort of ups and downs, like every business, you know, a cash flow. seasonal business Seasonal, well. um, cash flow, uh, you, know, you know, I think um, sometimes, you know, three or four months was not out of the question to get paid. Oh, man, you I know, can't it's, stand that. It's, and talking to other people, I mean, I had mates who were accountants and everyone else, and they'd be going, yeah, oh, that's ridiculous, you know, waiting six months or four months or what to get paid, and you go... You shrug your shoulders yeah. and think, well, you know, uh, you turn people upside down and then nothing comes out. What what else can you do? It's yeah, it's similar. Mm. I guess it's the only worst industry I can think of is the grape growing industry, where the the growers give their grapes to the the winemakers and the winemakers pay them when they want to or yeah. once it's sold or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. I mean, yeah. obviously we run a, an account business here, but I think it's becoming stricter and stricter. And yeah. I mean, uh, we probably put ourselves in a position where we can demand how we want it done so that you've got your 30 days and if you don't pay then we can't continue dealing with you but if you're growing roses and you've only got six or eight really key clients and they've all been used to running these certain account terms for so long mm-hmm. how do you remap the yeah. minds of a 50 yeah. year old nursery or I don't know whatever that yeah. it's hard because it's a perishable item I mean all of a sudden people can say I don't want them you don't want them no, uh, and, and I've heard horror I mean I've got plenty of mates in, in the industry who yeah. tell me horror stories yeah. you know, of you know you know, tens of thousands of dollars of you know their plants just you know just not even being paid for, but sitting in boxes, and then oh, somebody so turns around and goes, no. and, yeah. and then they say oh, they're dead, yeah. and they got sent back, of and did. Yeah. of course they did. So then you have the uh, the ugly um, reality of having to um, 
you know, go through the pursue, pursue it. And it when there's no money at the other end, it's it, it, it's tough. And our industry, and I think um, going back to the uh, the drought, which was you know that 07, you know 07, 08 was really the start for um, the tough part of our industry. Well, we uh, Water Pro started in uh, the, like that January of 09. Yep. So yep. we kind of just come off the back of that, but there were still water restrictions. I remember the heavy um, requirement for drip tube, and there was no, you know, no sprinklers for lawns and yep. odds and even days and all that kind of thing. So it was a pretty oh, it's a tough dark time uh, for I, a lot and of people. I think what, what what I mean from a horticultural perspective, what upset me the most was um, all the years and knowledge. I mean, there would have been thousands of years of knowledge of combined knowledge of people who had to leave our industry, uh, the nursery industry. Yeah because the garden centres, the small little garden centres that were sort of the lifeblood, you know, for, for corporate roses particularly, yeah. um, when we started, we, we didn't necessarily want to deal with the big people. We were actually more interested in, in looking after the, the smaller garden centres. Like yeah. yeah um, that may, may don't necessarily want 500 iceberg roses. Great when we got those orders, yeah. but we're saying, look, can we have 15 or 25? Because yep. that fitted in. So I think when we when we first started, we had somewhere around about 350 garden centres yep. on our books, maybe more actually, 450 garden centres on our books. When we finished, when I closed the growing site about four and a half years ago, we ended up with about 40. So what's yeah. when you say close the growing side, what do you run? What, what well, how does that business look now? So corporate roses now is uh, the gates are closed, um, and behind the gates it looks a bit ugly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it's but it's you know we try to keep. You know, I've got a guy who, who looks after it just to maintain it. Essentially, what corporate roses now is is an introducer of new rose varieties onto the Australian market. So they'll come and take that much. And then grow them, grow them out. Uh, I license growers. Yep. So that as we've done with the we've done for twenty odd years, we have our uh, licensing arrangements with about 40, 50 growers around Australia. Yep. I, as I said before, go over to France, have a look at the new varieties, organise the quarantine. We have our own quarantine nursery on the property, yep. and then I'll just um, plant out, assess, and then when I get to a stage where I'm happy with a rose. I'll actually send budwood out, trial budwood out to a few growers, then to have a look at, yep. and if they go, yeah, this is a this is a cracker, yep. then I'll go right. That's our new release for two years time yep. or there. So I just map out our releases, and then I keep um, the next you know next phase of plants and that coming just comes through from experience. Yeah, it does, but it's also a matter of uh, we've we've been doing it for so yeah doing it for so long, but also now that we don't have the growing side to it, it it takes the pressure off me yeah. um, because. That media side changed when we finished. When I finished um, doing the explore programs, because they then moved into um, a garden, moved, moved away from gardening you know, oriented things, and but more into cooking. Yep. And so they brought chefs in, and that after five years of doing overseas stuff, I was actually quite happy. Yeah. And then I approached um, back in 2014. I approached Nine Channel Nine here to say, well, what about a local garden show? Yep. And I had the concept of in the garden, yep. and. Uh, they get pictures all the time, and I can uh, uh, Sean O'Brien, who's the general manager, um, said to me, "Well, look, we've had four pictures this week, and yours is the best by far. Yep, um, yep and we'll give you the time slot." And uh, so, in the garden started, and you know, we we ran that. Now, the interesting thing about they give you the time slot networks—that's how TV's made now. 
they will give you the time slot, but that's it. So, so there's the, no you, financial. You're the, you're the production company. We're the production company. And there's no money. There's no money. So you um, you work your um, by incorporating um, sponsors and incorporating um, uh, f- yeah, the financial backers to your program into the into the into the program, so that it makes it look like the art is to make it look interesting and informative but not like an advert and yeah it's got to be a and challenge that's, and that and even the word advertorial is 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 really almost cutting it too yep. so um when we talk to um you know we talk to different groups i mean mighty 10 have been a great supporter right from the word go yep. and um yeah it's it's local tv we do get replayed nationally so we do sort of touch on that but the nice thing about it is, um, you know, as like with this podcast, you know, if this is going to be used in in a whole lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, the same with our with our with our um, program. So every episode that gets recorded and and gives is given to the sponsor, we know it's going to be used. Um, oh, in so a whole ten will put it on their Facebook, Facebook put it on their page. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and yep. uh, and and everything has to be sort of almost done in you know, in its entirety. And um, going back to the educational side. The one thing I want to have in every story, apart from you know being it interesting and entertaining, is yeah. that somebody goes, "Wow, I didn't know that." So yeah. for me, when people say to me, "Gee, I really love that that program because it you, it gives us loads of information," hmm. that just ticks the box because yep. what we generally find in certainly in TV is that if you're informative and and entertaining, you've got longevity. Yep. If you're there just for um, you know, like the wow factor, or whatever and, the current trend is, and the or trends, it disappears. Um, yeah. And we're lucky in in the regards to uh, the way we are in Adelaide because we, you know, we've, we we are a, we we sort of are very strong supporters of local production, yep. uh, which is great. Same in Perth, and it's um, the way, yeah, the way the way this, the the program comes together. So we went from a garden show in the garden, but I could see that. The funding side of things for gardening was starting to go down, yep. and we couldn't support a garden show. So I, I'd already been thinking about turning it into more of a lifestyle show. Yep. It gave us an opportunity also to introduce a whole range of presenters um, and in, female presenters, because in the garden it was just me, yeah. um, apart from whoever we interviewed. Yep. So we um, we set about changing the name to Outdoors Indoors, yep. and that was probably a hard moment when I go. I went into uh, August two thousand and. Uh, 17 going into channel 9 going oh by the way We're changing uh, it. after the they said we love your show it's great and went oh, yeah <laughs> yeah sort of yeah, pulling the collar going a bit of bead of sweat coming down thinking um, yeah I know but uh, can we it's okay if we change it to a lifestyle show and call it outdoors indoors and that's always a you know big thing and they went there was a moment and went yeah sounds great let's do mm. it um, yeah that, I think that's important and that's probably something I guess a good little tip for all business people is to try and um create the competition that knocks you out yourself and you you did that mm. otherwise it was going to be someone else that was going to come in and pitch it and go yeah. gardening's yeah. flailing or not we've mm. got this pitch and then all of a sudden you might lose your time slot to someone else so. oh, yeah and time slot I mean we have 4.30 on a Sunday and that's gold mm. I mean that's you know if somebody said to me would you like 5 o'clock yeah sure yeah. You, you know that'd be fantastic but you know, you take what you you know not necessarily take what you're given but you know what you feel as though you're um, capable of doing and what what's mm. right for the time slot as well yeah yeah and also when you do your time slots I mean we've done some 7.30 um, Friday night yeah. programs one hour shows and you've got to change up the style that you do, um, you know, it's got to be a far, you know, it's got to be faster paced. Yep. It's got to, you know, there's got to be something. There are changes to it um, that you've got to produce. Um, so you just had to learn this. Like obviously, the media side 
like I'm quite interested in how that all comes together like mm. you go pitch a show to someone and they say yes mm. that's it that's their bit done you now need to produce them a file that yeah, they can you, play well, you give them a disc every week yeah every week and that needs to be there with enough time for them to review yeah, it or whatever about a week and a half uh, two weeks beforehand and you need to find like post production so editors a film crew mm. are they guys guys and girls humans yeah. I say guys I mean both um, yeah. that are available that you have as like a crew yeah. or do you what, what I do no, I subcontract or? out all, all the all the production side to yep. TAV Productions yep. and they're oh, based in Stepney yep. and they provide me with the crew and everything else so we, we just have a we have a business relationship yep. um, Outdoors Indoors is still my program yep. um, and I'm, I'm, I produce it myself so um, I'm the producer so when I'm not in front of the camera I'm behind the camera yeah, okay. um, and I think that's something which You've got to become leaner and smarter um, and multitask. Yeah. And I think it's sort of... It's the same with the landscape industry. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be great where you had you know, somebody who just... You know, look, you're, I'm the barrow person. Yeah. All I do is barrowing. Yeah. Uh, now I do this and yeah. I'm a designer. You know, sometimes you, everyone's got to roll their sleeves up and uh, to, make it, to make it happen. Yeah, that's a good um, example, especially landscaping because it's such a diverse yeah. Um, yeah. trade, I guess. Yeah. And same with TV. I mean, TV is such an interesting um, media... Uh, that you just go I, I mean now I watch TV and I, I don't I sometimes can't watch it to uh, to enjoy it because I, you're analysing yeah the you analyse yeah. it and I can tell lazy TV yeah. um, the more interest you can add to a program and that could be with uh, uh, additional footage um, uh, change of you know, camera angles and everything else um, you know it, it's all about the viewer I think if I think at the end of it, it it's, it's a bit like saying the client for, for me the client is the viewer as well as the sponsor mm. making sure that we've we've, we've sort of ticked the brief for them and that they're happy with everything and we actually you know, encourage them to come on you know, on location with us we always work on scripts mm. um, so things don't they don't sort of um, appear out of out of accident so uh, for me it's like our stuff yeah. everything's an accident are you joking I mean I, I'm just re- I'm, I'm just reading off the order cue yeah. Clint behind yeah, you like, I mean well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I remember saying that but anyway uh, imagine me trying to do a one 150 second clip like Nah. So I'm sure I could learn it, but oh, I think you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Thanks. Um, yeah. So uh, that's another uh, great tip, and I think that's good for um, anyone that's producing content in any form that yeah. it's not for you. Yeah. It's for your audience. Yeah. And I'm I'm conscious of it all the time with with this, and we don't we might not always deliver, but I'm trying to like the questions I'm asking are like how do you how does this look? Because there might be someone that wants to produce a TV show. Obviously not in your time slot because that's your time slot. And thank you very much. We don't want to have to. I mean, yeah, throw that's right. Down, yeah, yeah, throw, yeah, throw me under the bus. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's. I think it's great. I, I think the more that we we uh, we encourage um, people who have got good backgrounds. Mm. So I mean, from a landscape perspective, there are you know there are other opportunities to to get on on TV. But it's also not just TV. You know, mm. there are podcasts yep, and right. uh, I mean there are so many other web you know web web based opportunities that uh, that get you to a mass market mm. and that you can do at a, a much uh, a, a much more competitive cost mm. uh, I think once you go to TV your cost center increases because you just have to have the high the, end there's a level of production there's there, a level yeah. of production that that you just you can get away with 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 putting something on the web yep. that you go well somebody's viewing it yep. on a on a screen, whereas once we get into the 4K stuff that you know and and everything has to be properly um, 
well yeah probably audio now yeah. i think i think one thing for anyone who's thinking about doing something and, and throwing themselves in front of a uh, you know a camera or an iphone is your audio mm-hmm. i mean it's just the biggest downfall so people do, can tolerate grainy film but yep, yep. Yeah. um and gone are the days even when people you know like you know you know we all want to google something i mean two weeks ago went away with uh two of my brothers over to the york peninsula this yep. is on the side uh one of his mates one of the brother's mates lives lives at hardwick bake we went out in the boat um we caught this massive 20 odd kilo tuna so the first thing you do you google how to fill a tuna yep. so i mean and yep. and there were a couple of a couple of options so we went for the one which had the great audio mm. and the and obviously good vision too mm. so gone are the days where people are quite happy to pick up something which is a bit odd or dodgy or you know you can barely hear them the audio is probably the the one thing that mm. um you know lets people down so you know if you just research look at you know look at sort of you know um you know you know mics that uh, can either plug into something or you know you go wireless i think road have like um mics that you can plug into your phone don't they yeah yeah so Mm. Um, for people that were trying to produce content on a budget, you can do that with a with yeah, a, with a yeah, phone and yeah, that mic, yeah, and just have a lapel yeah, mic. Yeah, that, yeah. So and I mean, and the great thing about doing that stuff is do stuff first, look at yourself, and then come back because I still critique myself. I, I go, do, I do man, too. Man, what the hell was I doing? I mean, I was, you know, I think I was looking at a bird at one stage. Yeah, or the hardest thing I think for anyone is when there's an interview, yeah. and particularly where there's because you don't know what's coming. Be, yeah, and also, well, you don't, yeah, don't know what's coming. Well, although in in some of the interviews, it's always good before you interview somebody is to go through the questions, mm. and particularly you say to them, ask them, you know, look, give me some questions you'd like me to yeah, ask. Yeah. Um, that that. I mean, like we're doing today, yep. the easiest thing for get somebody to talk about is themselves. Well, that's what this podcast is predominantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that it gives our audience, mm. um, I guess, an understanding of mm. these kind of like, not this is your life, but yeah. this is someone that's in your market and yes. how they got to where they are and the tips yeah. and tricks that they might have for you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And being, a, well, the other is that when somebody else is talking, it's 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 really important that as you're if you're interviewing somebody you actually have to look interested but don't look like you're catching flies yeah. and uh, often you'll see somebody and they've got their mouth open and yeah. they're just going <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are they doing and the other i mean talladega nights i reckon it's one of the great movies with uh you know, the, 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 the legend of ricky yeah. ricky bobby yeah. and the beginning is what do i do with my hands you know they sort of come up and yeah. it is classic everyone says to me often they're going you know what do i do with my hands and i go I just leave them up here. What yeah. do you normally do with your hands? Yeah, yeah. Um, you put them in a pocket, put them behind self, you know, and you know you can do that sort of stuff. But whatever feels comfortable. Yeah. Um, but whenever we interview anyone, it's just that usual thing about saying, "Relax, take a couple deep breaths." And I get people to actually lift their shoulders yep. up to their yeah. ears and now. just take that tension <laughs> yeah. out of their neck. And it's uh, and it also helps open up the larynx larynx a bit too. So you know that their you know their diaphragm is sort of relaxed and they they sound nice. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. yeah I, I I guess that's one of the advantages of, of producing our own content is that we don't charge for it. We don't have oh, sponsorship. Really? Okay. <laughs> Kim's I'll, like, I'll just I'll just leave that money there. Yeah. <laughs> A bonus. Um, and we're not really accountable to any media outlet. So no. whatever we choose to produce, we choose to produce. And yeah. you know, there's no time limits, and there's no. I mean, my language is improving. Um, I've noticed. <laughs> if you watch any of my earlier podcasts, I have, um, and that's. You know, yeah. to try and I guess ensure that mm. um, if our podcast yeah. is playing in yeah. front of children, yeah. that it's not 
<laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh, this one, this one can. Yeah, it'll probably, the kids would have been asleep about half an hour ago, which yeah, is great. Yeah, that's you know, it. Actually, this could down. be like insomnia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just to watch. This could be to me. Them to sleep. Um, but yeah, look, with with TV and with um, you know getting into the media, uh, it's about almost being in the right place at the right time. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And the hardest thing, I, and and I've seen it um, with people who really want to get into it. Uh, they're just hungry. But too and much. They're too hungry. And you're thinking it's it can be it's it's a really interesting industry, but it's nice to know I've got something else behind me. Mm. Um, because I feel sorry for, for somebody who is that's their entire Like sphere. if they're a newsreader and they just got dropped from Channel yes. X, yep. they don't have another job. What else do you do? Yeah. Uh, I mean you, know, you look at people like that, Carl Stefanovic and stuff like that. Well, these guys can go into something else. He'll find you know, work they'll all find the time, plenty yeah. of work. But if you're a, uh, a reporter, yeah. um, you know, with a local channel, and yeah. they say, "Well, actually, by the way, where do you go?" Yeah. Um, and, oh, look, you've got a journalistic background, then you can look for other opportunities. Yeah. But um, I think the reality TV people are the ones that I always look at. And when you know, that some, becomes, they're not their actual reality is that they're a TV star now, not a yes. a plumber that happened to go on the block and yeah. become. Well, when you see the title of going reality TV star, you know, you go, wow. And that, that moment of fame, you, it's, I think really you have to have that moment where you go, now, I've got to let that go. You have to be prepared for you, it to die you, it will, every day. And it will. Yeah. Every, every, you know, that, it's a bright light. And, um, and I've, I've seen sort of some of those reality TV shows when they've been produced mm. and everybody's hanging around, you know, like everybody's you know, being faded on and, you know, it's great. As soon as it's disappeared, mm. there's a big vacuum, and it's the strong ones that can actually go. Well, look, I'm getting back to my life, yep. um, and I realise that it was a bit of fun, mm. or maybe they said it was the biggest mistake in my life, yeah. or you know, wow, I didn't realise this was going to be so intrusive. Yeah, um, you know, being in front of the camera is not the, you know, not the the be all and end all, and in some ways, I'm almost transitioning. I can see myself transitioning from. Um, being in front of the camera all the time so he's spending that time behind the camera you enjoy that oh look i enjoy it as much as i do in front of the yep. camera um and being able to know that you know when you're running a business like it's a business mm. you turn around you go your budgets mm. um what else you, you can possibly do uh but it's nice to know at the end of it you go i've produced a really good product and i've got somebody else who's coming up you know up and coming and we've got you're kind of paying it forward in a way yeah and we've got fantastic presenters you know presenters um jackie dunn who's uh, on outdoors indoors she's an interior designer yep. uh, alessandra lee um is uh, a nutritionist and they've got uh, uh simone anan and she's a medical scientist you know she's a medical scientist yep. uh, and then dr derek mcnair who's just up the road is a vet and these mm. people came into your peripheral well, or you yeah, sort them out or? it's interesting because that's a really um i spoke to uh lisa mccaskill um because uh, she runs a uh, presenting so if you're looking for you know somebody wants to polish up their presenting skills or even know where to start yep. she runs a runs a, uh, a program and so, so more than not just a public speaking program no, but an actual no, genuine yeah, presenting genuine program presenting yep. program and you know we'll give you that so I, I bumped into her and i said look you know explain what i was doing you know we were um opening up the uh, the scope for something else i you know i was looking for the balance of the gender balance yep. and she said look i've got Jackie here, um, and I'll send you her, uh, her her tape. So she emailed it through. Oh, she emailed me a couple of people. And the one thing that sort of set me aside, there was one, I mean, uh, one person, and that was their, this is their demo tape, 
And the first thing they started doing was umming and ahhing. And I went, <laughs> wow, if that's your demo tape and you're umming and ahhing. That's pretty bad. Because yeah. you've got full control over your demo tape. Yes. You just don't give it to someone. No, no. You all you go, can we do that again? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so that person, and there was a couple there. But when, say, Jackie came uh, up there, you, I always look at people's eyes yep. because the eyes are the things that tell the you how confident. To the soul. Yeah, <laughs> oh, clean your oh, gee, Mr. Poet. We should um, do lunch after this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll hold hands across the desk. Um, but I, 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 that was probably the thing that um, you know, you know, it was confidence showed the confidence. But the confidence does come out in your eyes, yep. and you know, so if you are, you know, like a. You know, a, you know, a deer in the headlights. Yeah. You know, it shows. Yep. Um, Alessandra um, had actually done a little bit of intern work with us, um, and I, I purposely, you know, ask the universities whether they've got you know people that they and they're always looking. They've got to do in some yeah. uh, 80 hours of internship, and I love it when the students come along. You know, they get to hold the clipboard. They also get to be involved. They're part yep. of the crew, and at the end of the first day, they all go. How the hell do you do this? Um, because there's not much TV. Everybody, all they, they all, all they do, well, not all they do, but they do learn how to make movies. Yeah. But there aren't that many movies around in Adelaide, so yeah. they, you know, we so, might have one a decade that pops. Don't yeah, we? yeah. So. Um, so this is the type of TV that, you know, uh, is 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 not common either. But it gives them another opportunity. Well, so it's a sustainable. Uh, they could actually have a job and stay in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. So if they wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, and so um, Ali had been part of that, and she she'd done a um, you know she'd been we'd actually had her in front of the camera because when you're an intern you're often a, an extra you know, yeah you know, we need somebody to stand over there yeah you know, or we need somebody to hear and or could you be something pull, you know, yeah. pulling something off a shelf um, and then Simone was um, in fact TAV said to me oh look you know Simone had done a little bit of work she's an actress anyway um, she's done a whole lot of other things um, and she fitted in really really well yep. and then Derek who'd been with us within the garden um, because I always wanted to put a, put pets in there as well because yep. uh, so Derek had already People been part of their us animals, oh they, they love it and yeah. and it's all about responsible pet ownership um, yeah so it's it was great to have that and then we we sort of still widened the circle out where we've got um, you know you're still interviewing people mm. and you you try and get the best out of out of them. I mean, sometimes we have challenges, you know, like massive challenges. Well, they're human beings. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's normal, isn't but it? The good thing is, I always say, um, as you're going to do here, you always edit. To You've the got best. your final cut. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. we, we don't edit too bad. It, it, the podcast we Yeah, it's more if someone says something. Really? Yeah. Like okay. if you if afterwards if you just go, <laughs> you know what? I really shouldn't have said that. Um, it's not what I meant, or that could be taken out of context. We we can cut it out, but um, I guess oh, look, it's, that's uh, the beauty of the platform. And the nice thing about this is it's so relaxed. Yeah, I mean, it, this and there's is no time frame. Like no. if, if if we've had yeah. uh, Tim Harper was two hours and. Oh Tim, and he probably you built, know Tim, don't you? Yeah, and he probably built, he, and <laughs> he bought he me a saying, plant. He, there was a plant there for us. And there's probably a vertical wall. He, he turned around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did that wall out there. <laughs> well, I was just looking at it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, well done, Tim. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the last wall we had, um, we did, we we weren't looking after it. and It was really bad. I really liked that. When he planted it, I was like, I don't know, like the the plant selection didn't make that's sense. Good. Yeah, that's but good. But now mm. it's so full. We should probably get some footage and cut that in actually later on, DK, because we have a few people ask about that. Yeah. Um. So, um. I guess uh, one of the things that I came across when I was doing a bit of research that you're involved with some associations and the Horticultural Media Association yep. is something that you're yeah, involved in. Yeah. Is that something you've been with for a while? Or um, Well, I think um, I, I went to about three meetings and then I ended up as president. Okay. Um, yeah, and I was president for about mm, eight years. Is that because you like being the boss? 
No, I think um, you know when when people say step forward and everyone steps back. <laughs> and, and you're looking and, forward, and, expecting and, all these and I was looking at yeah, a fly on the wall, going, yeah. "Oh, um, uh, no!" You're well, look, I, 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 I don't mind being the boss, and yeah. I think that's yeah, that you, I think you have to be in you know if you're if you run, run a business, you're yeah. doing that yeah. sort of stuff. It doesn't doesn't phase me, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we I was president for yeah nearly eight years now. Yeah. Karen Montgomery's president, yeah. um, and that was long that was long enough. It was time to time to do that, and each and during that time, we have uh, every two years there are awards called the Horticultural Media Association laurels for best book or best TV and stuff like that. And it was run in South Australia um, for about three years, oh, three, yeah, yeah, six years. And um, I was on that sort of committee. That was a lot of hard work. There was June Taylor from um, producer, ex-producer at 5AA with Mike Keelan and myself, who literally ran that and I couldn't tell you how many hours we spent getting all that organised. That was a state association. That was a national. That's na- that was a national. Um, the horticultural media. So we ran it. So all the hort media people from around Australia would come to Adelaide twice. A, you know, once every two years, and um, and okay. for a, for a, you know, it's basically the awards night. Um, and it was always in Adelaide. It was in Adelaide, and uh, then we moved it on. Uh, it was Sydney, and now it's in Melbourne, and it, it coincides with the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. Which, which I'm guessing you'll be over there for. Yeah, I go over there every year with yep. the rope, but stand up with the rose people. Um, We've yep. got a um, contingent. I say contingent because I think there's nearly 20 of us going. Oh, fantastic. Um, I've yeah. put together a bit of a, um, a crew of people, and we're going to hire a bus when we get there and... So we'll be doing yep. the Flower and Garden Show, um, hoping to do the landscape, uh, the Thursday night, the Landscape Association, or yes. the Victorian Landscape Association, yep. a cocktail event. So we'll be at that. So yep. Um, yep. it's really good for Adelaide to be able to go over, like, well, the Adelaide landscapers to be able to yep. go over there and kind of, yep. I guess, network with the, the Victorian counterparts and then see the kind of work that's being done. Yeah, it's cutting with, edge stuff. With some higher budget. Yeah. Um, or equal budget, yep. but more common, like more often, or sorry, a higher volume of those budget jobs getting done so yeah. um and so the what what is the horticulture like obviously we're involved with the landscape association well, so i understand what the purpose the of that media is. association is basically uh, an organization which uh, encompasses anybody who is is involved in in getting the message of horticulture out to the yep. out to the wider community and it's so it, it's tv it's radio it's print it's uh, it's uh, presenting uh, it's uh, in, in in a whole lot of different forms. So even a business like um, Jeffries or Garden Grove, or yeah, yeah, like they yeah. can be involved because they're well, actually an well, ambassador to that market. Pete's, uh, Peter Waterwitz is yep. uh, is involved. So. Um, we, he loves we, a good association, doesn't he? He loves it. He loves it. He's, yep, you can't can't keep him can't keep him away, um, which we don't want to because no. he's got he's such a great uh, yeah. a great asset to yeah. the to the industry. Um, but yeah, from South Australia's perspective, we uh, we have a slightly maybe different view to the um, other states in in how sponsor uh, sorry um, membership is is sort of for uh, for all media. Yeah, we we actually say well look, I mean I when I was president, I'd say look, you know if you've got a pulse. You can be a member, and I said that's not even compulsory. Yeah, so, um, yeah. As we, long as you're paying your fees. If you're paying your fees and <laughs> you you're, you're in there, and we find that uh, the, the 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 wide diversity in in membership actually adds to our. Um, you know, like if we were all just TV people or radio people, yeah. You know, what else are we going to be talking about? We, you know, we can yeah. get a guest speaker, and we do have guest speakers coming in. Yep. Uh, but when you're sitting at the table, you've got people who are ex-research scientists, or yeah. you know, or somebody who's just written a you know, written a book, and or somebody who's uh, you know released a new product, and you go, wow, this is 
you know, just a different perspective. This is great, yeah. uh, you know, rather than just talking about the one particular, yep. you know, one particular thing. But when the good thing about the Hort Media is that if there is something you know, like the the drought, um, yep. you know, the beginning of the drought, you know, that you know millennium drought. Uh, we all got together and um, we actually had a meeting at um, Cafe Paparazzi I still remember organising that mm. and all the main you know, main heads of, uh, of media got together and we all just wanted to make sure we got the same so the same response. message the same message got out to everybody and yep. primarily it, 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 it did and it was a really good way of getting you know, you know getting people to sort of not panic about losing a garden there yep. are ways of gardening it was about and, management but, rather but, than fear but, yeah and yep. it was and like it, it, and it's it was you know, related to your industry, getting that Very water. Much. Getting the water to the I've been to a few plant. meetings a long time ago. Um, yeah. Would have been 12 years ago, I reckon, when they yeah. were at the maid. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and I went to a couple of meetings and I guess I was probably too young to be really getting too heavily involved and I was an employee at the time as well. Um, so I'd, I'd only mm. seen a meeting in a meeting, so yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. really sure, like if there was a, a ma- main goal or if it was really just about making sure that... Um, well, um, I mean, we we part of it i mean we uh, we ran a seminar last uh, last year where we really we were proud of the election uh, of of trying to understand where the green where we you know where adelaide is going in terms of its greening and yep. its long term and so that's still on the backbone well, on the backbone so lobbying there's still some yeah. lobbying lobbying um uh, with urbre tafe for example yeah at the moment. that's probably the biggest um, issue at the moment isn't well, it? well we've we've managed uh, through the hort media uh, managed meetings with uh, with a number of key ministers yep. um, to understand where where it's going, and so and a recent meeting uh, with a horticultural coalition group, which you know represents you know twenty five of different growers from you know, you know growing growing groups, yeah. uh, uh, getting together just to understand you know what we can do. Because we, yeah. we sponsor the South Australian Golf Course Superintendents Association, so we're yeah regularly yeah. at those yep. meetings, and then obviously we're involved. We're a sponsor of the master landscapers association yep and that the tafe thing comes up in those two associations yep. because well the large majority of the i guess entry or the employees that are entering the workforce as apprentices come through the tafe system and if there's no if that certificate that they, i think what was it the horticulture certificate was going to mm. get reduced or the turf yeah they don't have any staff no you know and then all of a sudden there's a a, a skills shortage somewhere and then that's going to force up the price yeah. of those skills, or there's, you're going to lose yeah. the skills. Well, wherever or you get a vacuum, you always get, you know, things get sucked into it. Mm. Um, but it's what gets sucked in. Um, mm. So you want to make sure that you know the, the skill level is is, is really important. Mm. I mean, I mean, I went through the TAFE system, and I, you know, I'm a great advocate for yeah. you know, you know, if you want to be qualified. Um, and your qualifications come at different levels too. I mean, you've got somebody who might have done, say, a cert too, yeah. but they 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 have uh, you know they've really researched a certain area, and they become you know whether it's on a piece of paper, uh, or they've done it off their own bat, and mm. they've really understood you know whether it's I don't know it could be um, uh, automatic you know, automatic uh, timers, yeah. and that you know they've just gone through the, so gone for the whole range, yeah. you know, and they know they know you know the ins and outs of everything. You know, they're the go-to person. I mean, uh, yeah, and that's they're gold. Mm. You know, they have those sort of people, you know, on your staff, or at least yeah. somebody you can make a phone call to. Yes, the it's it's I guess it's an under-acknowledged um, education platform because of the large percentage, especially our market. I mean, anyone who's wants to get into landscaping, I mean, mm. that horticulture certificate's kind of the minimum. Yes, and really, there's not a lot more. No. Unless you do an apprenticeship in a in a specific trade like carpentry or yeah, um, yeah. or landscaping now, yeah. 
Um, the, I guess, if you were to look back, um, would you change, I guess, any part of the journey so far? Like, do no, you regret becoming I'm, being a teacher for as long as you were, or that was, you wouldn't? No, be I think um, I think life's about making. You know, you make the decision at the time. And uh, you can't reinvent history. No. Nope. Um, and I, and I've, I've thought about that. Um, you know, it's not a question that hasn't been hasn't come across my mind. Yep. But I, I do believe that. Yeah, sure, I've made mistakes. Everyone has. But I think the most important thing is actually understanding the mistake that you made yep. and changing the the direction of what where you go. So, um, yeah, uh, I certainly don't regret ever being a teacher. Mm. I certainly don't regret leaving, you know being a horticulturalist and I. Certainly, you know, don't regret being involved in the media. In fact, yep. I think all of those, I'm, I'm really pleased to have done every one of those things. And the journey's not over yet. Well, that's um, what I was going to ask yeah, next. Obviously, um, your, I guess, especially in the media, you could do that for the to the day you die. Yeah, because you don't. It's not yeah. physically taxing, from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, oh, you've seen the, seen the show, have you? Mentally. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're describing a, a, what did you have to do? A 150 second episode. Um, uh, geez, I know there's geez, a lot of work behind uh, there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's <laughs> well, I, I, I have to say that when we're filming, yep. um, a week is about it's about a hundred hours a week. So there's a, it's yeah okay. It's oh, a lot sh- of work. Wow. Yeah. So that's when you're filming just uh, one episode. That's well, we 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 don't film just one. I mean, we I mean, look, let's well, say you film uh, segments and it make could an be episode. Uh, three days of filming, um, a day of editing, yep. and then a day where we do uh, I do final edit and yep. everything else. But in between that, there's script writing. Yep. There's Location organising because I have to lo- do everything yep. there. Um, so and get permissions and yeah, do all of that yep. sort of stuff. Um, so if if I and then it's Saturday and I mean Saturday and Sunday gets brought into Monday, so it's Monday to Sunday. Well, they're normal, um, they're just days. They're just normal concerned. days. Um, my wife disagrees, but yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. I think I think, work I think the balance is it's sort of the balance goes back to hard work. And I know that when I first started Corporate Roses. It was a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, physically, mentally, financially, yeah. it was a hell of a lot of work. And you just don't shirk that. You just keep and, moving. And I suppose, and I go even back further to where my old man, you know, like often we go back to where we, you know, our roots and where we came from. I mean, when he, when the war finished and he, had, he, he and two mates jumped on a boat um, to come out and happened to come to Australia. So, you know, he was a refugee. Um, so he, Australia just happened to be the country that they came to? They they took they took they were the first of the Baltic states groups to land in um, in Adelaide and so yeah he, so then he started his life so yeah. he, he had a he had a life of you know he didn't get married till he was forty yeah um, and so he had a life of you know interesting life all the way through um, and so I I think I, I I look back and I look back uh, as well my brothers do we look back at our father and we go he was a tough man mm. you know like there wasn't sort of hugs and kisses and you know let's go and watch you you know play football I yep. don't think he ever saw me play a game of sport because he was at work he was working but he, but he came from a European background and those people who were sort of you know listening would understand that you know they may have a grandfather that sort of you know, so he's been antisocial yeah. but you know he catches up with his friends and he has a great angry. time <laughs> yeah, I think he's angry yeah. um, but he's uh I suppose they, they 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 bring a lot to them, and Mum was sort of the softer one. The you know she was British, and you know and, and was a teacher, and uh, you know so we were, and so she's still alive. The old man died, I don't know, ninety three. Oh, yeah, nearly ninety three. Yeah, 63. no, no, that was my my wife's sixty two. Yeah, sixty three. But 
you know, Faustus, a great name. I love the name, Faustus. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a sort of, uh, it's a tough name. So, um, yeah, he was 92 when he passed away. Oh, wow. Um, and so that's about four years ago. And oh, mum, because and, you said he started late. And mum was 13 years younger, so she's sort of, you know, now in, you know, 85. She still lives in the home that we all lived in. Living the dream. Yeah, living the dream. Um, I think, you know, you know, I think the old man was sort of just buried when you know she had the kitchen redone, the bathroom redone. We yeah. were chiseling tiles, so you got four boys. You know, uh, you know we can go up and look after the garden and yeah, yeah. the house and everything else for us. So, so did your brothers yeah. move into a similar? No, two went into the police force. One's a psych nurse, and um, one works uh, uh, in. He, he lives in New Zealand, but he works up in Karratha. Yep. Um, so he he's a flying fly out from New Zealand. From New Zealand to Karratha, and we don't know what he does. We think he's a bit like Homer Simpson. You know, we're just thinking, you know, that, that, that drinking... It just presses a button. Presses buttons. Yep. Um, you know, and if he ever hears this, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> if he's doing anything he shouldn't be doing, your other two brothers probably going to find yeah, out yeah. about although, it. Yeah, although, yeah, although uh, one of my brothers who was in the force um, is now, he does, he has garden, he's garden maintenance. So you know, yep. your answer to the question is, yes, somebody did get into horticulture yeah. um, in a slightly varied the way. The same way you did, by doing something else by first. Something and, else. Then, yeah, yeah. and then realising, mm. I guess, a... You can't say a sea change, but a scene change. Scene change, and uh, yeah, and I think it comes back to down to hard work, and uh, and I suppose um, being appreciative for the for the for the moment. Um, and I think when we look at when I look back, the only thing I probably do regret is the time that I gave. I I couldn't give to my my, my kids, yeah. and that's that's changed a lot in our in the rose industry in the rose industry 25 years ago um if you said you were going on a holiday it wouldn't matter if it's two days um another rose grower would go wow no you can afford to go on holiday man yo wow you know that's that's pretty good so it was almost like martyrdom everybody had to be a martyr because, know, because farmers are like that as everybody well, had to go no i'm on the property and yeah. you know, i've just wanted to do that and i'm really uh, i really encourage anybody who is running their business yeah. to um give some time to their to their kids mm. because um we i mean i'm lucky because my kids and i you know, we're still we've got a good relationship yeah. but i know of others where um had the time been spent in the early years they would be reaping some benefits in the the later latter years yeah. instead of having to sort of mend bridges you know build bridges and do stuff like that so yeah it's um it's not a you know, look every industry has its challenges mm. um clinton uh, i think um from horticulture uh it's and, and and our industry you know it's often the time um that you that takes you away if you're living on the property um different things yeah but when so you were traveling i was traveling 60 hours, k's yeah. 120 k's a day yep. um to go from the city to uh, to my ponga and this is in the 80s no yeah yeah early 90s so it's um, not like you're listening to podcasts or you know, you're just listening to the radio. I'm guessing, and got with you know, your own thoughts, and yeah, I suppose. Hey, look, that kiss tape, ran Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just turn it around. Yeah, turn it around. around. Yeah, look, you know, I could probably sing. Yeah, I was made for loving you all the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, that can be part of the intro. Um, obviously, you, mm. with all the all the work that you've done, you've travelled a lot. Where's your favourite? With your favourite place in the world, I guess outside of Adelaide. Um, yeah. That you've done. That you've, I guess, either travelled to or done segments either as a family holiday or as a yeah okay um and can you even isolate it to one I it's, it's, it's tough um but i'd say uh churchill in 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 canada um and i'm uh, and that was swimming with beluga whales and i think that's probably one of the the pinch me moments yeah. in my life where 
Churchill, if you go on to the the uh, travel guides in Churchill, um, it's uh, it's on the uh, you know on Hudson Bay up, you know it's quite high up, and uh, they all look at talk about the polar bears. So people go there in winter to yeah. see the polar bears. We were there in summer, and we we what we. I think we sort of realised, but we didn't. You know, we only realised a bit later on that it might be hard to find a polar bear, but it's going to be really easy to see beluga whales. And because uh, they're in the because they're, they're, they're there. <laughs> but we were in a zodiac, and I, that's probably the other thing I loved about it. We were in this zodiac. There's a camera. There's the audio. Yeah. There was Trevor Cocker and myself as presenters. We're in this suit. You know, we're in these you know wetsuits. You jump in the water. The water's about two degrees. I was say, so it was freezing, yeah. and as soon as you hit the water. Uh, and you know everything got around, and you started to thaw out a little bit. Um, you were just seeing pods of these white whales, um, about three, four, I mean, up to five meters long. It was because of the boat. And but they, they sang. <laughs> yeah. They were singing, and and you they, could hear it. You could hear it. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It was. It was. They were. They were. They were singing, and they were swimming. You couldn't quite touch them, but within about two meters, two to three meters of you, they'd swim past because they were brought to the to the zodiac. The guy just left the motor running. Um, just the the, uh, the vibration oh, yeah. brought them through and all of these pods and pods and pods of these there was us in a Zodiac and another Zodiac out there with a German couple who were taking under underwater photography nothing else and I just thought in the one thing in the world where you'd think that there would be uh, so, yeah. bottomless you know like a, a, a glass bottom boats yeah. um, you know and just oversold tourism so tourism this was just um, and we, you know, we were only off the off. You know, we're not that far off the shore, um, but I spent probably the best part of an hour and a half, two hours in that water, just you know, where we're filming, but yep. just being there and yeah, it was just, just soaking it in, soaking it in, and to to have that experience, um, it was it was just brilliant. And the other place I I, I just love was was the west coast of Ireland, yep. and we we filmed uh, the Wild Atlantic Way where we drove down on the west coast and we just went into some of those fantastic villages and you and know. that's still scripted um or do you kind of script on the script, run no it's yeah, sort of script on the run but you have to do your research um and you do your research you get to an interview um you still have to write sometimes you write the script afterwards yeah. because um yeah. <laughs> for who the producer well the producer because it goes on because they put it on the on uh, they 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 put a uh, the segment yep. so you know there has to be segment you know, on their website yep. so we're basically running it writing a pricey at the end of it to to do that i mean and, you know the number of times we'd be going through these fantastic villages and you know, around thailand or fiji or um uh you know, korea or somewhere and in a minibus and all we'd be doing you know, the whole crew of us we'd be on our laptops just typing away I mean, my wife came to. So you couldn't actually. We just you're not watching while you're travelling as much, yeah. No, because we know where you were going next, and yeah. um, you I had mean, to get ready. Judy came to Fiji, and she came to Thailand. Yep. And, and prior to that, it was like, oh, you're going on a holiday, and then when she came, and she, you know, she realised that you know, yep. you're up at four in the morning. Um, to type some stuff up, yep. uh, you got to make sure everything's right. Get all you know, get your shirt, you know, get all your clothing. Then you go, you go to the temple, you go somewhere else, you go to an interview, and then you're back and you, you're still typing away, yeah. getting stuff done. Um, not not the least sorting out stuff at the nursery at that that particular time. Yeah, so it's, it is a job. It's a nice mm. job, but yeah, it's yeah, still a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. So look, there are so many places. I mean, Okinawa was interesting. Um, so we met these. I think uh, in terms of longevity, Okinawa, um, uh, which is 
part of Japan, but way, way down yep. uh, below Japan. Uh, the they've got the I think one of the biggest number of cent, you know people Centurions. over a hundred, yeah. uh, and they put it down to the to the quality of the soil and the quality of the food. Mm. And the bitterness. So we, you know, we're eating some of these really bitter, uh, bitter melons yeah. and, and bitter, bitter cucumbers. But we went out to this fields next door to a house, and there was this lady banging away and digging up, and she was planting, and you know, we're just watching her and you know taking shots, and we found out she was 98. Yeah. And I'm going, it's ridiculous. I Not thought she was in her either. 70s, yeah. you know, and she was just, and and her sister was 102, yeah. and she was in the kitchen, and then they invited us in for a meal, yeah. and it was just. I mean, it was surreal. You know? It's a beautiful yeah. country. I was lucky mm. enough. To, I lived in Japan for 12 months when I was younger. Oh, nice. And yeah. in Nagano, which is, I guess, um, as pristine as your Okinawa is because it's not heavily populated. It's yeah. still populated because Japan... Yeah. So can't. what were we doing over there? I was an exchange student. So that was 17. So I did year 11. So <coughs> what, what did you get exchanged for? Nothing. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Bag yeah. of beans. No, that. the... Um, it was a the, so the exchange program that I went on was a country exchange. Uh, sorry, just a general oh, okay. exchange. So I'd go to Japan, yeah. and then someone from Brazil might come to Australia. And my parents didn't host anyone, and the people who I stayed with, their daughters had gone to America and Australia mm. years earlier. So it was kind yeah, of a, okay. an exchange, but on a broader scheme. It wasn't one for one or anything. And so I just lived there and went to school. So I just got on a plane on my own as a 16 year old and fantastic flew to Japan and lived there for 12 months and then flew home Gee, makes, um, you, makes you grow up quickly doesn't it yeah very yeah. quickly um, yeah luckily everything was good and the family I stayed with were relatively well off my father was a dentist so there was because you just go you don't know who you're going to stay with yeah. so um, we I had people that had gone to um, I guess uh, like Spain and you know their family were just kind of just getting by or they yeah. were okay but you know there yeah. wasn't I was you know my father took we drove around the country and he took me everywhere and yeah, yeah. showed me things and you know you weren't always going to get that but then they got a different experience because maybe yes. the people they stayed with had more time to spend with them or whatever so mm. um, yeah definitely an unbelievable country and you can see why these people while, yeah. while the Japanese live so long because they have access to clean, healthy food, and, and yeah. unless there's a nuclear issue, but for yeah. the majority of the time, just don't anything off the east coast. You're yeah, okay. then you're all right. So, <laughs> um, is there a a quote or a mantra that you've continued to come back by to or lived by along the way? Or well, I suppose in the early days it was you know bite off more than you, more than you can chew and chew like buggery. Yeah. I mean that was that 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 used to be used to be it, but I think uh, you're now still not doing that. Uh, I, I I am because yeah. I mean irrespective I, I suppose the um, it's uh, it's about being ambitious without causing harm. Yeah. You know I mean some people can be ambitious and you know that they leave a, a wake of destruction yeah. in their back. But um, if you can be ambitious and without causing harm and be I mean, it sounds silly. Um, you know, it sounds sort of, but you know, be good to people. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's an interesting karma that you know if you're if you're nice to people, they generally are nice back to you. Yeah. Um, and I've I've sort of found that that's that's it. Uh, and people always like dealing with people they like. Yeah. So if you make yourself a more likable person, um, you will be a much more um, you know, responsive and you'll be contacted more and you'll put yourself out there mm. but not trying too hard in you know in, 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 I think that's probably the, you know if I 
if there's one thing about me, I tend not to push myself too much. Yep. And maybe that's a criticism. I don't know. I mean, in, in an industry like media, it's often the people that, that are always pushing themselves that seem to be at the forefront. Yeah. And that doesn't fuss me. I just go, look, I know I've got my job to do. I yep. do my job. And we sort of, I work sort of on a slow and steady and methodical way. Um, and that's, there's no right or wrong. It just, I yeah, think it's so you're more it's, consistent it's, than dynamic. Yeah, I think that's, and, and we have our levels of di- you know, being of being dynamic, um, but you can only sustain that for a short period of time. And knowing when to pull back is the most important thing. So really what I suppose I'm doing is I've designed myself a vehicle that is moving in the right direction. So yep. in TV, for example, the outdoors, indoors, and then there are opportunities along the way, emceeing, you know, yep. doing the, you know, the Master Landscapers Association, yep. you know, uh, AGM, yep. uh, sorry, um, AGM, yeah, yeah, awards, awards night. night. Yep. And, you know, that's the sort of thing where y- you do get those other opportunities and you meet some fantastic things along the way. But if you say that life's a journey, and, you know, it depends on what sort of vehicle you're in, will depend on, you know, what sort of ride you get. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy to take a little bit of the bumps here and there because if you don't feel the bumps, then how the hell do you know where you're going and what you're doing and, you know, what needs fixing? And, mm. um, yeah, it's... it's And nothing... It hasn't finished yet. It's just That's got lots, interesting. lots happening. So you, how do you see your, I guess, media business in the next decade? Do you consider channels like YouTube and Facebook um, and Vimeo and I guess the non-traditional networks uh, something that you need to be conscious of or do you think television's here to stay as far as your programming is concerned? Like, Well I think television's, it's interesting, I mean there is lots of research out to say that um, uh, the yeah, there was a talk about the demise of TV. Um, you know, they're, they're, everyone's saying, well, look, you know, five years ago, well, no one's going to be watching TV in 10 years' time. Sure. And the reality is it's not. It's actually changing. In fact, the, the style of TV, I mean, the TV um, themselves, I mean, they're bringing in 4K, they're talking about 8K. You know, there's a whole lot of other things yep. that are bringing the experience into the, you know, into the, into the lounge rooms. Things like streaming, uh, you know, the Netflix and yep. you know, the stands and the Foxes and everything else, they're part of it. Um, the free-to-air tv is is still there um uh, and but again that's changing uh i think that the demographics you know vary but there's still a lot of i mean a surprising high percentage of um people under 24 that will view the majority of their viewing is on a large screen tv now what they're viewing is, is slightly different but there's still that free to air tv um opportunities um that 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 will be uh, presenting themselves, and the networks are you know, very much aware of that. You know, Australia, Australia and America. Mm. In fact, in America last year, television viewing went up from a, from a from you know a, a slight decline. Yeah, it actually went up. Um, so there's, it's it's behoven back to the networks to actually put stuff on TV that is um, you know is 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 viewer viewer friendly well I guess that, that you could have seen Netflix do a good job of that by having enough equity to then produce good programs yeah, that then yeah, you know you yeah, get that kind of spiral yeah, um, where you can oh, get yeah. better I mean, talent look, and I've got friends who are um, you know doing uh, Outback Truckers you know I've got a mate who's a producer yeah. for Outback Truckers and uh, he's got just done the Opal one um, and they're, yeah, they're, they're, there are production companies that are now really targeting, you know, the Amazon and uh, Netflix and uh, and the Fox oh, and yeah. all of those. Fox, yeah, so so producing those programs, which you know, you watch them and you go, wow, look, you know, it's pure entertainment. 
Mm. You know, really, it's entertainment with the drama thrown in. Um, there's probably not a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, I suppose, changes to it. I mean, you know, it's on a formula. Mm. I mean, you look at it. I mean, what are they saying? You know, there's only about five good ideas, six good ideas for, for movies. And, yep. you know, it's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And with TV, um, I think, uh, you know, the more local production that we can we can put, the better it is. Yeah. Um, because if we lose our local production here in SA, then I think we will actually lose a little, you know, we'll lose a lot more than we understand. Yeah. Um, because the opportunity to, you know, to talk about something, um, and the news is, you know, the news will be the next thing. I mean, Channel 10 News and, you know, all of those, you know, the, yeah, everything starts to sort of get lower and lower. Um, you know, it's produced here, but, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of stuff that's, you know, the, the regional... Um, you know, news is you know disappearing, so people start to lose their bit of their identity. I think uh, you see it on morning breakfast TV, like seven and mm-hmm. nine, how they have, I guess, a general show, and then they in- inject like localized information, like weather. Yep. So they will have pre-recorded weather segments yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for, yeah. So well, that, and they realise that that's the case because they actually have to appeal to a local audience. Yeah. Otherwise, people go, "Well, I don't, I don't, really, want to, I don't care what the weather is in no, Queensland exactly. today. Like, yeah, we're not yeah. going there." Um, but there's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose I look at TV in a sort of a slightly broader perspective and go, you know, for the benefit of the, you know, the, the greater good. And I, you know, and we try to put that into the outdoors indoors. And so when we do talk to a, you know, potential sponsor, you know, we, I say it's not an ad. Mm. You know, what we want to do is we want to put a human face to your business, or we we want we want you to be able to use use some information and give people, you know, whether it's a, a plumber saying, well, look, you know, this is how you fix a tap up, or this is how you do that, and yep. um, and by by association, they're seen as a very knowledgeable mm. and and the expert in that. So people. If they can't people, do it themselves, then the they're likely people, to reach yeah, out to them. They're going to go reach out to, yeah. to somebody you know, I mean, like that's, that. I guess that's I guess part of the reason we produce so much content that mm. we do is so that we become the, I guess, the, the go-to company in our industry. And people go, well, we trust WaterPro. They've never asked for anything in return. They continue to do this. I mean, this costs money. We have to produce content. And then yeah. we don't have sponsors and we don't charge. So David's expensive. Um, he's, yeah, very expensive. Cool. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, even the distribution of the content, if we're paying to boost in Facebook or YouTube or whatever, but mm. luckily there's a machine behind this that makes money. Yeah. So um, I guess we talked about that at the start. I'd be fearful if I was, I guess, not a one-trick pony, but my core income was derived from television and I had nothing else. Like obviously you had the Rose mm. Um, mm. business or even potentially your, your wife, making enough money that you hmm. you know that's fine if it doesn't all work so you don't ever think oh you can't see a time where you'll produce a youtube series and rely on ad revenue from that versus I television probably you know i i if i i would think that my long-term um vision is to actually produce more um uh, specialized content for perhaps um if it's not free to wear, yep. you know something like a, Fox, a platform. Yeah, a platform. Yeah, oh, a lot, so it might be Netflix or Netflix or like, something. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, everybody. I mean, I've got files at home. You come up with an idea and you write it down, yep, and, just, and then you expand on it, and then you put a pitch. Yep. And I've got probably three potential programs yep. that not necessarily have me in front of the camera, but you could be the owner producer. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's that's it. I mean, there are some that which yes, I I could be in front of the camera, and that yep. that's that's because they've that's got a horticultural arm. Uh, no, not necessarily. Or because, because of your skill set. Because with the skill set yep. you develop. Yep. Um, so I mean, I'm probably moving more away from being known as the you know a gardener, but yep. more as a 
presenter in terms a television of television presenter, yeah, TV yep. presenter. So that gives you a little more scope. Yep. Um, but having said that, there are some things where you might say, "Well, look, there's, you know, there's a there's a garden element to yep. to a story." But yeah, uh, it's it's a matter of always thinking. And I mean, you, your brain never switches off. Certainly in our industry yep. um, and in anyone's industry. But it's it's the creativity that I, that I think in when I grew roses. When I put a stick in the ground, it was often 18 months or two years before I could dig that stick up after we butted Patience. and everything else. And now I can do stuff in two seconds or two minutes or yeah. two hours yeah. um, and produce, um, you know, you know, get something. You, know. you imagine me trying to be a grower? <laughs> I'd be like, can we feed these things anything that will have them ready in like a month? Yeah. I just patience is something that I've had you to you can just sell baby plants like yeah. Yeah, these are really 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 yeah. small and these, some of them may not have any roots great marketing yeah. just like these are they're babies they're like um, you know those like baby, uh, baby pigs the miniature pigs they're just miniature plants yeah they're all the fashion so don't look, water it I mean I'm, we, I'm growing them in the nursery I mean nurseries have babies yeah this is it, it. this yeah, is where they it. come from yeah um, is there anything that you're working on at the moment that you want to talk about there obviously um there's an audience of well, hopefully thousands of this one but um are there any shows it's at the moment it's inside outside uh, outdoors indoors outdoors indoors yeah, oh, i'm such yeah. an asshole no Sorry. i tell you what no but, <laughs> but it's interesting because um we, we we mulled over that name i mean i had that name picked out uh 12 months before we even approached nine yeah uh, because i could see where i mean I think everything evolves and if you can see like in any business if you see where your business is going and you can see it two years ahead uh, of of the curve then you go right well now I can I can be in a better position so I could see where where In the Garden was going and it was moving toward a lifestyle show and we can't have In the Garden it doesn't make sense as a lifestyle program so we had I mean, I had this board of names, names. and people would come around and would go, "What about these names?" And outdoors, indoors was it was it was up near the you know the top two or three, yep. and and it just kept sitting up there and sitting up there. And then you know you do your googling, you check out you know what you can use, you know, oh somebody's already used that dot com dot au. Yeah. Oh right, well forget that one. Um, so or um, but we dot tv. But you just have to be careful about you know associations. Any potential of names. infringements on trademarks? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Even and if so, they're not. If they're no. not likely to be, you just want to try and have yeah. a, like a clean sheet, really. Yeah. And so we just went. I mean, it could have been indoors, outdoors. It yeah. could have been you know, outside, inside, yeah. and you know, um, you know, inside, outside. So there was there was a whole lot of things, and we just y- y- you stick to the name, yeah. and you go well, outdoors, indoors, and yep. yeah, you know, people get the name mixed up and look it's it's the same it's the same with the surname people you know I mean it's Cyrus but people say Cyrus we talked um, about that before yeah. actually because I yeah. did say Cyrus yeah. and he's like it's not Cyrus it's Cyrus and I was like I will be the judge of that DK and so. yeah. oh, sorry, for, actually sorry it's Keshi Kim Cyrus now yeah, I didn't realise I was actually going I was going to be I was being renamed thanks mate no, appreciate sorry. that wow. I, look and I the name, the name is the most important word in your English language so it's yeah. important that we get it right but um I'm like, I'm sure it's spelled differently to that, DK, but it's your name. So oh, we'll, we'll go Thank with you it. Serious. Thank so, you. <laughs> shut up, DK. Really appreciate that. Um, so that's the only program that you've got running at the moment? At the moment, And yes. realistically, could you produce two no. programs at once? It just no. wouldn't be possible well, for you. Well, no, because I, unless I had a uh, another production uh, crew. Yep. And, um, I mean, we're still... We're touring around with a few other, you know, other, other, other things, but at the moment... It's it's going to be a fifteen week series. We will start airing on the twenty third of third of June. So nothing's nothing's live yet. No, no, we haven't. We we I'll start filming in probably around about mid March. You have to bankroll that, and then wait. 
effectively. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what we do is we, we get the sponsorship up yep. and rolling. Yep. But I don't start paying for anything until we actually start filming. Yep. Um, so right now, it's uh, I spend this time... Uh, going through the sponsors yep. chatting to people yep. um you know we and locking in certain so we'll do 15 weeks um this 15 15 week series and depending on what else happens there's you know there's there's opportunities for next year so we may expand out to a 20 week series yep. next year so it's just just how it rolls it's, how it rolls uh ideally um if we could be running something else at the same time it would be great yep. um and you know, occasionally, and this is what sometimes happens in this industry, somebody taps you on the shoulder and goes, would you be a presenter on this program? Have nothing, no association. You walk in. You walk in, you script, do the presenting, present, out. and out. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Which obviously is nice from a time point of view, but it also helps grow your, I guess, your face, the the awareness of yeah. of, of Kim in in the media market yeah, further yeah. well I mean Virginia Nursery did a good job I mean I'm, you know, we, we've been doing the ads for Virginia Nursery for well, um, for the last four years I yep. think they've had me as their, their celebrity gardener on yep. the on the ads and you know Chad out through there um, that was good I mean you go out there you do the job um, yep. you know you, you stand in front of the camera you, you know knock it over and you know after three hours of filming around the place they can put together five they got all this content and then you don't have to produce it or anything it's just done yeah no that I mean, sounds like more my style hey just get up talk and leave yeah. but uh, there's a new ad on uh, TV at the moment called Cota Travel Insurance yep. and that was our, my first TV ad that I produced yep. so we actually did the filming editing um, and I did the voiceover for it okay we had so this, they'll had give you a budget or, yeah. or you'll, you'll give them a price. We'll give a quote. Yep. 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 Um, I mean, we have a sort of relationship. They, they, they were on Outdoors Indoors and yep. uh, caught up with uh, their uh, um, CEO for their travel insurance. We're getting a lot of good plugs in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A code of travel insurance. Yeah, yeah. If you, not you know, at all, not yeah. at all planned. No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing <laughs> planned at all. Actually, can I just... Uh, <laughs> I'll turn the back. There'll be something else on there. Like, yeah, yeah, like I'll just, a V8 I'll, supercar I'll just driver. Rip, I'll just rip the sleeve off and there's uh, something else on there. That'd be so funny. Yeah. All these brands down yeah. um, But yeah, he just said, look, um, they, they were looking at doing an ad and they you know, weren't sure. And I said, oh, yeah. He goes, do you do You've te- not done one before? No. He said, no, do you tell TVCs, television commercials? I went, well, not at this stage, but let me know. So I just gave him a bit of a uh, how I saw how that would go. And yep. they showed it to the board and their board was really pleased with it. Yep. Then we, we filmed it. And it's 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 got egg here. It's got a lot of traction. I my television consumption is very low which and mm. that's bec- I guess he- heavily because of what we're trying to achieve and the amount of time that I don't have to watch TV yeah um, but it's, when you mentioned before that people under 24 which is not quite me um, mm. are watching no was mm. it they're watching on screen but not not necessarily not TV not necessarily the, uh, the, the, the TV content yeah. and so that's, we, um, if I'm home and my wife's uh, not there I'll have YouTube yep. on and that's it yep. um, even my yep. kids um, yep. my son's five my oldest who's five watches YouTube over anything else yeah so I'm just interested to see I was interested on your perspective of that yeah. and you know if is there a generation of garden slash lifestyle programming oh, coming up that I think um, probably the biggest thing coming up in any of the media is in content I mean we go back to the in the early stage of James Bond I think what it's uh, Daniel Craig's first movie there was I don't know 150 product placements or something oh, yeah. ridiculous Heineken about yeah, Heineken, yeah, 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 yeah the whole Austin lot. Martin and, and, and it was sort of brought up it didn't detract from the movie at all but mm. what it was it was you know it was an obvious thing um, 
what we're finding more and more is that people are actually, I mentioned about television commercials, people are either taping programs and watching afterwards. Mm. So that's actually a big thing starting, even mm-hmm. off, off free to wear. Um, and I think there's about 14 to 15%, or maybe even up to 17% now, of free to wear TV that's actually not watched at the time, but it's mm. watched later on. Mm. And that's, that's only going to increase. Um, but because of that, people are actually speeding through the ads. Um, yep. You can get um, recorders that will just skip the ads. Yep. They'll just cut them out completely. Well, that's not and including s- the people that then also are on their phone while the ad's on and aren't yeah, watching Yeah, or mute it. it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that mute button gets hit. So, therefore, the value of a TVC is is starting to, you know, it's, it's getting hard. So, you've really got to do something, you know, special for yep. that. Or with local content or with TV, you actually have in-content. Yep. So, what we do is our we classify ourselves as in-content TV. Yep. And so people can get information, not in an ad, but they can get that detail. It could be on a product, you know, it could be, yeah. you know, got, whatever, you know, is whatever hat, it is, yeah. a hat, you know. So we'll look, you know, we do this trim around the edge. And, you know, when you're talking to somebody, you know, who, who's actually interested and, and shows, you know, what they can do, yeah. people are interested too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably one of the things at the moment is, and, and that's a selling point for any local TV or any TV where, you know, you can get away with, you know, talking about it and doing it in, you know, in, in blocks because the other thing too is you've got to be careful about how long you go with, you know, with visuals, yep. um, you know, because people's attention span tends to wane a bit too. So that's usually, what, two or three minutes or two and a half yeah, minutes? Yeah, look, of- we, we, we run two different styles and we tend to run what we classify as a feature story. That yep. could be about three, three and a half minutes. can bump up to four. Yep. Um, and that's sort of about right. And then we call uh, things called vignettes, yep. which... Um, might be a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, where you get one or two points across mm. in a, in a you know, it could be just a handy hints type thing. Yep. So you get that in and you can bundle it up and it becomes sort of really punchy. You yep. know, uh, yeah, how to fold a fitted sheet, sheet for example. Yep. Got to be careful how you say that. Um, <laughs> not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. <laughs> of all the podcasts, I actually got it right. Wow, this is good. <laughs> yeah, didn't, yeah. Hit the, didn't hit the editing floor that nope. one. Um, yeah, so yeah, just... just Show people how to do it, you know something really quickly, yeah. and and then you know it might have a a website to head to for more information. Which and then is, that website might that have a sheets a, for sale. Sheets for sale, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's a whole range of ways of, of, of doing it and being smart about it, and knowing that you know your frequency, like this podcast, the more you make the more people get used to listening. That's definitely the and, my focus for this year is more. Yeah, and, I think we didn't yeah. do enough last year. So if you're doing, uh, I mean, people will say, look, we want to do one story and that's great because they want to use it for a specific purpose. Yep. I go, that's good. Um, if your budget can stretch it, it's always good. I mean, not just saying for us, but it's good to have things on a frequent basis. Yeah. So whether they go, look, we'll do one feature story and we'll do three vignettes yep. rather than, say, do two feature stories. Yep. So for basically the same price, I can get you on for four weeks yep. as opposed to two weeks. And then mm. for that one week that someone missed or the that mm. frequency yeah. of yeah. that you start to build trust. I mean, yeah. I don't know, I was at a seminar last year and the, 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 they mentioned some figure that um, brand exposure numbers are up near 17 or 18 times that you need to see a logo before you become comfortable or familiar with buying from that brand. It's just getting worse and worse and worse because there's logos everywhere and brands everywhere. And Well, the choice is, um, and that's probably why free-to-wear television still has a, uh, a massive um, advantage in that it, when you turn a TV on, you're not blinded by a thousand million you know different options mm. you are you've got your channels and and in some ways getting 
there's a certain comfort when people do turn on free to free to wear TV because they go, that's that's Channel Two and they've got their channels. Like there's that's no choice anxiety almost. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. how many times? I mean, I remember going to the states about 25 years ago and sat in a hotel room and I think there was 300 channels and you just go and through I the just whole went the whole lot. Go through the whole lot and then I was watching something. I thought that's really good. No, I didn't. I didn't take down the number. No. And then I went, oh great. So I probably as I flicked past, it was the ad. Yeah. Um, so you know, like <laughs> I get it. Three, you know, so it's. Yeah, um, it's a changing uh, it's a changing shape um, of uh, you know the media that particular part of the media. Yep. But it's it's a slow it's a slow burn. Um, and as and things there's not you don't have a concern about television in your career, in what's in the next 20, 30, 40 years. You're no, not. I think so. No, look, I mean, if um, if we do stuff, it'll be uh, maybe targeted to more of you know if if we you know, it'd be great to do some stuff on the free to wear, and yep. we'll certainly love our we love. Love the fact that we could do stuff on, you know, on local TV, and yep. that gets replayed nationally, you know, on Nine Life, and it's available on Catch Up, and yep. you know, so it's a lot. It's on the internet as well. It's on the yeah. internet, and, and it's great when you get an email from somebody, or you you know, get a you know, message coming through saying, "Hey, you know, we saw you know you, with a question about a program, and you're going, wow." That's two years old, yeah. um, and yeah, you know, they often replayed. In the garden gets replayed, you know, a regular on a regular basis, and outdoors, indoors, um, the same. If someone needs to get in touch with you, are you pretty um, oh, he's, oh, responsive? A, yeah, yeah, it's just straight Kim at kimsirus.com.au. Yep, that's K I M, and that at, goes straight to you. K I M S Y R U S dot com dot au. And I think that's the whole thing is that I've never been precious, and I, I suppose the thing is I've never been you know controversial enough to go. I'm going to get a wacko, you know, um, you know, chasing me down. Yeah, but um, that's no, one no of, Britney Spears moments. Well, no. No, no. So there's still some time for that. Still, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, look, the career's still young. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No problems at all. Your head. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, we'll link up the details. Yep. Um, in the podcast, oh, mm. in the, you know what I'm talking about. I haven't eaten much today. Um, and if anyone's got any shows to pitch to you, just email them. Email yeah, them to you. <laughs> you know, uh, look, if people have queries about, you know, uh, uh, and they have any questions about, look, I'm thinking about doing something, yep. I'm more than happy, happy to, to talk, talk about that. Because, good. you know, it's the same in our um, in our rose industry. You know, we had some people come in and, you know, they weren't sure you know, for how to pitch their pricing and yep. do stuff like that. And, you know, you just bring... If you can't give information, there's something wrong. I think it's yeah. important. I think it's really important to be able to yep. share what you've learned to maybe mm. reduce someone's learning. I mean, people are still need people will still need to go out and make their own mistakes, and that's oh, just yeah. the reality of us as human beings. But if you can shorten their learning curve by ten percent or twenty percent by maybe yeah. giving them one or two little tips, I think that's yeah. great. So, all right, well, thank you so much for coming in. Clint, great, great pleasure. Chat. Th- and thanks for the water, mate. All right. Do I owe you money for this? Uh, no, no, just leave the bottle. We just get the ten cents back. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>